0: us from today. Welcome to the Life Church podcast. Good morning, Life Church. It is so good to see you on this Sunday morning and be a part of your day. I trust that You are having a great day. I trust that God is touching you. I believe that during this time together that God's going to minister to hearts and lives. And I'm just excited about what God is doing in this season in our lives. I thank God for what I'm hearing in your hearts and lives and what you're experiencing at home. And I thank God that he is still on the throne. Amen. A couple of things that I know you probably already heard about in this broadcast, but I'm excited about the fact that we get to come together on Saturday night, uh, June the 13th at 630 right here in the back parking lot, and we get to have our first drive-in service. Wow. We get to see each other in the same place. Of course, it won't be in the building, but it'll be an exciting time. We'll get to worship God. We'll get to sing. We'll get to hear the word of God and praise God together. I just challenge you, plan on being a part of that wonderful time. You'll be blessed. You'll be encouraged. You'll you'll be glad to see your church family, and we'll come together and have a great service, and I look forward to that. Of course, if you cannot come for some reason, no trouble. We're going to record that service, and we're going to broadcast it on Sunday morning at 9 a.m., so you'll get to be a part of it on Sunday if you cannot attend on Saturday, but I want you to come. If you can be here, plan on being here on Saturday, June 13th at 630. Of course, today is a special day in the life of church on the church calendar. uh, If you look on any calendar, you'll see that today is Pentecost Sunday. And so I want to speak to you today about Pentecost and how that this experience is something you need to have. It is an experience for you. Um, Today, in churches all over Burlington and the GTA, it doesn't really matter the denomination. Uh, many churches will talk about today being Pentecost Sunday. Uh, I know there, I'm not gonna go through the list of names. There's lots of different churches, and, and they will talk about and they'll celebrate the fact that today was the birthday of the church. And that is something for all of us to celebrate. But but today I want you to know, Life Church. That Pentecost is not just a a Sunday in our calendar year. It's not just a religious date on the calendar. It's not just a once a year event here. But we celebrate the birthday of the church every single time we get together. Uh, Pentecost is really the heartbeat of our church. Pentecost is not just a Sunday. It's who we are. It's the experience we've had had and so i'm going to encourage you to get your bibles out today i'm going to talk to you about pentecost and of course we are a pentecostal church and that's our candy stick but i'm excited today to talk to you about the great day of pentecost acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 the bible says and when the day of pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place man do i look forward to getting back together all of us in one accord in one place verse 2 and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them and verse 4 and they were all everybody say all they were all filled with the holy ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is Pentecost. This is the birthday of the church. This is where it all began in Acts chapter 2. But you know what? This promise of God's Spirit, it didn't start in Acts chapter 2. There were many promises Prior to Acts 2, there were prophets that talked about it. There there was many times in the word of God that God let us know that he wanted to come and he wanted to fill his people with his spirit. The, The great prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2 and 28 and 29 says it like this. He said, it's going to come to pass afterward that I, this is God speaking, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Everybody say all. Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And upon your servants and upon the handmaids in those days, I will pour out my spirit. Hallelujah. I, I, God had a plan. You know, God was at that time in, in the culture. God was kept inside of, you know, behind a curtain in a, in a small little room. It, it called the holies of holies. And, and he was looking forward. He was having these prophets of old communicating to the people. There's coming a day where everybody's going to have access to the Spirit of God. There's coming a day that it's not just the high priest once a year getting behind that veil, but there's coming a day, he says, I'm going to pour my Spirit out on all flesh. It didn't matter if you were young or old. It didn't matter if you were wealthy or a servant or a handmaid. The Spirit of God was going to get poured out. That was the promise. And then in the New Testament, Jesus when he was on the earth, he told the people, he promised every believer that if you're a believer, you're going to receive the Spirit. John chapter 7 and verse 38 says it like this. He that believeth on me as the Scripture hath said. Now that's critical. Believing on me as the Scripture hath said. You know, I can believe like I want to believe and you can believe like you want to believe. But let's believe like the Scripture Says, if you believe like the scripture said, out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living water. And then verse 39 says, This he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. Hallelujah. If you're a believer today, I want to let you know there's a promise in God's word for you, and God wants to fill you, He wants to pour His Spirit out upon you. Before the Acts 2 outpouring, um, Jesus told the disciples, he said, I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait for this promise. It's found in Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he saith he, ye have heard of me. He said, "I, I don't want you to leave Jerusalem until you receive this promise. Okay, you're going to wait for the promise of the Father. Verse 5 says, For John truly baptized with water. John had gone around, and many of them had been baptized by immersion in water. He said, But you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Or not many days from now, you're going to be baptized with the power of the Holy Ghost. Later on in that chapter in verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power. Someone say power. When you get the Holy Ghost, you get power. He said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. I thank God for his word. And I thank God for the promise that he wants to give us power. He wants to endue us. He wants to fill us with his spirit. Now, this Acts 2 thing, it's a critical Um, juncture in the word of God. A lot of the Old Testament had been pointing to the day when God would fill people with his spirit. And now on this day, it's going to start a brand new relationship with almighty God and mankind. Uh, On this day, for the first time ever, the spirit of God is now going to come and dwell in the hearts of men and women. Praise God. Uh, And and the sign that this happened in Acts 2 was they began to speak in a language they never learned. They spoke in an unknown tongue. I am so thankful today for the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm so thankful for the heritage that we have, that, that we can trust the word of God and we can experience The fact that God Almighty now lives inside of our hearts. But Pentecost today cannot just be an observance from our past. We can't just talk about what used to happen. Life, church, I'm talking to you right now. Uh, We we must have the, the fire of the Holy Ghost burning in our hearts. We must have it in our lives. It must be in our families. We must have it in our church. It must be something that is happening currently. I rejoice that God has filled many with his spirit. I thank God for everyone at Life Church that God is touched by the power of the Holy Ghost. I thank God for the lives that have been changed. But today we can't just celebrate what God has done in the past. We must make sure that this experience is not just a past experience, but there must be a current river of the Holy Ghost flowing in our lives. There must be a current fire of the Holy Ghost convicting us of sin. We must have a fresh of power from on high today. I want the same power that that first century church received. I want that same boldness that they received in Acts chapter 2. I want the same passion for God to do it again in 2020. May, May, at the end of May, I, I think today is May 29th or May 30th. Maybe it's May, it's May 31st. Um, on May 31st, I want the same passion, I want the same boldness, I want the same power that they received in the book of Acts. It's not good enough that God did something for me five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago or maybe 30 or 40 years ago. That's good, but it's not good enough. There must be a need and a desire in our hearts for God to fall upon us once again. And I, I, I've Known over the time and over history, the only real way for people to see have great moves of God and to see great power of God coming into the midst is when they get a hunger for it. They get a desire for it, that they get something inside of them that says, God, I want this power. I desire your spirit. God, I want you to be flowing in my life more than anything else. Is that your desire today? We need the power of the Holy Ghost moving fresh today. This outpouring in the book of Acts, it caused quite a ruckus in Jerusalem. Um, There were people in town for the festival and they had been there partying and whatever they were doing at this festival, they were from all over the the region and many different cultures and many different languages were represented. And and all of a sudden they hear these people Unlearned men speaking in all these different languages. They heard them speaking, the Bible says, in their own tongue. And they thought maybe they were drunk. They they, they thought maybe that something had happened and they got into some some wine somewhere. And in the middle of all this ruckus, Peter gets up and preaches a great message on the day of Pentecost. Now the people that Peter was preaching to, it, it wasn't a Sunday morning crowd at church. Uh, These were not a bunch of believers. These were not uh, a bunch of people that that understood everything that he was going to say. And most likely, Peter was probably standing on a balcony somewhere and he was preaching to a crowd, probably gathered in the street. And this was a Jewish festival. This was a cultural event. This was a holiday. And they had gathered from all over. They were different um, walks of life, different cultures, different social backgrounds, different ethnic backgrounds. They had different languages, and they'd all come for the big party at Pentecost, the Feast of Pentecost. And and Peter begins to preach the message, this foundational message on the day of Pentecost. And he begins to preach to this very diverse crowd. But I want to tell you today that he only preached one message. Um, He didn't preach a bunch of different messages um, because this gospel is a one size fits all kind of gospel. I don't got to tell you that this you got to do this and tell someone else they got to do something else no. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what your background is, it doesn't matter what country you've come from, it doesn't matter what language you speak. Jesus is the hope of the world. Jesus didn't tell that crowd that had I yelled, "Crucify him!" Not that long ago. He didn't say, "This hope of Jesus Christ, this message of hope, is for everyone except for you that killed him." No, he didn't say, "You're too bad, and you're too wicked, and and you're too evil." No, the message of hope was for everyone. It did. It doesn't matter today. Whoever's listening, what you've done, where you've been, who you've been with, it doesn't matter what wrongs you've committed, you can still heed the message of hope. You can still have hope today because Jesus Christ, He is the hope of the world. This message today is for someone. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you've done wrong, doesn't matter the skeletons in your closet. I want to tell you today that the message, the gospel, the hope of the gospel is for the whosoever will. You know, this gospel message is simple. The gospel message is this, that Jesus Christ, he lived, he died, he was buried, and he rose again. That is the good news of Jesus Christ. And my hope today, my eternity is secure when I place my hope in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the hope of my past. He's the hope of my present. He's the hope of my future. So when they heard this message of Peter being preached, and and he explained the fact that Christ had been crucified, they they come up with this question in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. They said, the Bible says, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. There was conviction that took place in their hearts. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What a great question to ask. What shall we do? You know what, every time you hear a message preached, that's the question you need to be asking yourself. What do I do with that word? What do I do with what the pastor preached to me today? Do I, is, there a, is there an action item that I need to be taking today? What do I do? You know, James chapter 1 and 22 lets us know that we are to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Because if we're hearers and not doers, the Bible says we deceive ourselves. So I want to challenge you people that are listening today. Don't be just a hearer of God's word, but be a doer. Because when you're a doer, it's heating what the word of God is saying. It's being obedient to the word of God. And and you say, well, when does the doing begin? The doing begins as soon as you hear the word of God preached. So don't get in the habit of hearing God's word and not doing anything about it. Uh, Peter's response to their question, their question was, what do we do? We've heard your message, we're convicted, We're, we're pricked in our hearts, what do we do? You know what? The set of instructions he gave was one set of instructions. He didn't divide the room up and say, okay, you guys do this and, and you guys over here, oh the bad ones, you do that. And no, he he didn't say that group over there. I want you to do something different. No, he didn't do that. You know, there's a lot of ideas and a lot of people that believe different things, but let's go to what the Bible says. What should we do? If you want to have salvation If you want to become a part of this church, there's really one truth in the word of God. And that's for us to follow what Peter said when he responded to that great group of people that wanted to know what they needed to do. He had one message for every tongue, for every culture, for every level of society. He had one message. Let's hear what the word of God has to say that we are to do. You know, on this birthday of the church in Acts chapter two, In this very foundational message that was preached by the Apostle Peter. He didn't give 18 different sets of instructions to 18 different groups of people for salvation. There was only one message of salvation. He had one set of instructions for everybody. It didn't matter what the religious background had been. It didn't matter where they had come from. It didn't matter how they were raised. He just said some words and gave them some scripture of what they were to do. And it says in Acts chapter two and verse 38, the first part of that verse, then Peter said unto them, repent. I'm gonna to talk to you about the first thing that you need to do. If you, if you want to get closer to God, if you want God to come and, and minister in your life, if you want more of God, my, my, my challenge to you to do is just just follow the things that Peter told that first century group of people. He said, repent. Repent, doesn't matter where you're at in your walk with God, a great place to start with God is always repentance. Repentance is just coming to God and saying, God, I'm sorry for my sins. God, I've messed up in so many ways. God, I need your forgiveness. God, I want you to wash me. I want you to cleanse me because God, I've got sin in my past. I've got sin in my life. That's your first step towards God. Repentance is where I come to God and I get honest with God about who I am. It's acknowledging my my thoughts, my actions, my past, my attitudes, my sin. And it's asking God to forgive me of my sin. One of my favorite verses in the Word of God is found in 1 John 1 and 9. I use this a lot when I'm talking to people about coming to Jesus. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know what? I want to challenge you today. If you have sin in your life, the the way to get close to God, the way to make steps towards God is to simply repent. Confess your sins to God. And the God that you're confessing your sins to, He's faithful. He's just. He will forgive you of every sin and He will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Uh, Today, you, you might be on this Um, broadcast. You might be listening on Sunday morning. Maybe you're going to listen after the fact. God can take every one of your sins and he can make you clean. All he's needing is for you to stop for a moment and acknowledge your sin, confess your sin to him. Through repentance, we bring God our mess. We bring God all the, the, the junk of our past, we, we bring him the lives that have been torn up by sin. And we say, God, this is what I have to offer. And if you, Bible says, if you confess it, he will forgive you and he will cleanse you from all sin. I think before I move on in this time together, I think it'd be good for us, every single one listening right now, let's just bow our heads. I think repentance is one of those things that everyone listening can do right now. Let's make things right with God. Let's let God come. Let forgiveness flow right now. Let let there be some washing that takes place in the hearts of men and women under the sound of my voice. Right now, I want you in your own way. Just begin to talk to God. Begin to confess those sins and let the blood of Jesus cleanse you from every single one of them. Jesus, right now, God, I'm believing. God, those that are listening, God, in their living rooms, God, in their homes, God, I'm praying, God, as we confess every sin, God. Lord, I pray you'd forgive me of every sin, every thought, every attitude that's wrong, that's ungodly, God. Wash me, God. Touch my mind. Touch my spirit, God. Cleanse me, I pray, God. Wash me in your blood. God, I thank you for the forgiveness, God, that is coming, that is, is being given to me right now. God, I thank you, God, for washing my sins away. God, I pray that those that are on this broadcast right now, God, as they confess, as, as they ask for forgiveness, God, come and touch and do a supernatural work in their lives right now. Everybody said in Jesus' name. So the first thing that, that Peter told this group to do, one, one plan, one, one way to get saved, one way to make it right was repent. And then he goes on to say the very next few verses, words in acts chapter 2 and 38 he says and be baptized every one of you i don't know if he was looking out if he was pointing his hands or not but there was people there there was medes and persians and people from all over cappadocia and he said i want every one of you to be baptized in the name of jesus christ for the remission of your sins wow man he wasn't mincing any words It didn't matter what religious background they came from. He was saying every single one of you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. You know, baptism is one of those beautiful covenant relationships that we have with Jesus Christ. It's coming to God and it's identifying your life with him. It's bringing him your old life and and letting him wash and remit every sin from your life. And you come up out of that water. The Bible says as a brand new creature, it's a fresh start. It's, it's like a do over. If you ever need to have a time where you say, I'm just want to do over. This is what Jesus gives us through baptism. He gives us a do over. You come up as a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. I, I, I thank God that I can have my life identify with Jesus Christ. And so that's why I'm baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not baptized in the name of Mickey Mouse. I'm not baptized in the name of Peter or Paul. I'm not baptized in the name of Steve O'Donnell. Huh? This, this the all those people, Mickey Mouse, okay, maybe not, but all those people, they're good people. And Mickey Mouse is a good person too, I'm sure. Uh, but we're commanded to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why is that? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. Philippians 2.9 lets us know that God has given him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things in under, under the earth. So when you're baptized In the name of Jesus, the Bible lets us know that every sin, anything you've ever done wrong, every shame, every guilt, every condemnation, it's remitted. It's for the remission of your sins. And when you come up out of the water, you're identified as a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. You're going to walk in the newness of flesh. The Bible says You, you, you get to bury that old life in that watery grave and you begin to walk in a brand new life. Hallelujah. If you've not yet been baptized, I would love to have the privilege of baptizing you in water. There's a tank here behind me. We'd put water in that. We'd warm it up for you, and we would baptize you in the name of Jesus. I'm going to challenge you. Don't be just a hearer of the word, but be a doer. If God's speaking to you right now, I want you to get a hold of me somehow. Inbox us on Facebook. Somehow let us know, and we'll be glad to set up a time, and we'll baptize you in Jesus' name. And then Peter goes on to say, he says, if you repent and if you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He was trying to explain what took place. In this Acts 2 experience, they they were speaking in unknown tongues. That They were talking in languages that these people recognized. How is this happening? These guys are drunk or something. No, he was explaining that if you would do these repenting, and if you would do the baptism, that you could receive the gift of God's Spirit as well. He said, this is a promise that's for you. Medes, Persians, Cappadocians, all these Galatians, all these people, this is for you. It's for your children. It's to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This is the promise of the Father, that the, the power, the presence, the, the glory, the majesty of Almighty God would come down and live inside of you. Hallelujah. And, and when that happens, every time it was evidenced in the book of Acts, every time it was evidenced, it was something that took place supernaturally. The Bible lets us know that they begin to speak in another tongue, an unknown tongue. You know, I've traveled the world a few places and I've been in places where people have received the power of the Holy Ghost and they have spoken in, in languages that they didn't learn. One of my good friends, he went to the uh, country of Brazil and he was in the back remote parts of that great country, back where no one spoke English. And there was a little old lady that was speaking and praying in, in the service. And she was speaking in English. And he thought, I'm going to go and I'm going to have a great conversation with this little old lady back in the jungles here. And after the service, he tried to talk to this lady and she didn't have a clue what he was saying. Because she didn't speak a lick of English. But with God, when he poured out his spirit on her, she was praising God in beautiful, perfect English. That's what God will do. God will do a supernatural work in your life. And I've received the Holy Ghost. I've received it like they have said and told us in the book of Acts. I've had the evidence of speaking in an unknown language and you can receive that gift today. I'm telling you that when you receive the power of, and majesty and presence of almighty god in filling your human body it's an experience that's grander than anything else you'll ever experience and you can experience that today what shall i do is the question i want to tell you today ask that question to yourself what shall i do i've heard pastor steve speak here for a few minutes what do i do do i need to repent Repent. Do I need to get baptized? Get baptized. Do I need the Holy Ghost, the power of God filling me? You know what? You can raise your hands up right now. And as they begin to sing and they begin to worship God, as I conclude this message, God's presence can come into that room. And if you would just open your hearts and begin to worship and praise Jesus, God can come down and God can fill you with his presence today. I believe that. I believe we're going to hear calls. We're going to have people getting in touch with us, and they're going to let us know that God has filled them with the Spirit. A few weeks ago, one of the sweet ladies in our church said that she had the most powerful experience with God on our broadcast, even greater than she even had at Life Church here, because she had entered the presence of God. She opened her heart, and God opened up, and God's presence came down, and God filled her with the Spirit. Praise God. It's an experience that's for you today. Why not experience Pentecost on Pentecost Sunday? God bless you. We love you. Let's begin to worship God. Church, I want you to begin to pray that around our region, that as we begin to worship God again, that God would fill someone with the Holy Ghost today. for joining us today we pray this message spoke into your life your heart or whatever situation you might be going through if you'd like to follow us on social media you can find us at lifechurch.ca on instagram and on facebook just search life church and you'll find our navy blue logo with the letters lc in the middle we thank you for your support have a wonderful week and god bless